to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are so glad that you have joined us for this episode. I can't wait to dig into what we'll be talking about, Secret Invasion, but there's several mm -hmm. things we need to kind of do some housekeeping and take care of here. We do want to remind you that we are sponsored by progressivechristianity.org, the best place you can go to for all of your uh, progressive Christian resource needs. Like We just really encourage you to go there. But we equally encourage you to go find us, the Moonshine Jesus Show, on Facebook, as well as make sure that you're signed up to get an instant download of the podcast every time it's available. So go to your favorite podcast site and dig that up. We do need to let you know this is always a spoiler-full zone that we do yeah. here. So don't expect to come and, and, and have it be nothing to be spoiled for you. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in the show. And since... This is our first show since the actors and writers uh, strike has started. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. want to mention that the SAG, the SAG has made sure that they that they wanted to know that people are doing things like we are. We're reviewing and talking about and reflecting on the stuff that they make. It's perfectly good with them uh, as long as we're not getting compensated by any big company to do that. And we clearly are not getting compensated. <laughs> we're not? Wait, <laughs> right. I want my check. Is right. it coming in? <laughs> Absolutely. And as you've heard, Caleb, of course, is here with me. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, man, I am doing great. But, you know? know, the last time we were together, we were, like, together in we person really at Wild Goose. And so that was fun. really nice. And so Such I'm, I'm glad to be doing this with you, like, virtually. But I miss Absolutely. doing it in person. But still. It was much better in person. Well, we always do a themed drink to go along with the show. And we've already told you the show that we're talking about today is Secret Invasion. Uh, so I'm curious. Uh, I know, I happen to know that you're doing a little bit of traveling and you're in Bourbon County. So yeah. did you decide to do anything with bourbon or did you go a different route? <laughs> I know it's a shocker. Uh, yeah, I'm in Kentucky. Uh, I'm right uh, next to Whiskey Row here. And so I've had a lot of bourbon options. Uh, so I wish I could say, Mark, that yeah. I had taken inspiration from Nick Fury and I was right. drinking some Pappy Van Winkle. But I checked into right. the bar downstairs and it was like $200 a pour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, it's you, out of my price range. We, we <laughs> so, would have stopped the show. If you had had Pappy Van Winkle, I would be so mad. I would not have been able to voice the be show. Because I'd be so jealous. <laughs> so I don't have Pappy Van oh, Winkle, really? but I, yes, I do have bourbon. So I, I went to the bar downstairs and they made me an old fashioned with angels and the bourbon i went and toured that distillery yesterday and it was nice. a lot of fun so i'm Lovely. drinking some bourbon how about you I, of course i went about the same route on this one you know me and i'm shocked i can't believe the opportunity to drink bourbon yeah and like you i could not afford pappy van winkle but i do happen to know the distillery where they make pappy and mm -hmm. who else makes bourbon out of there so uh one of my favorite bourbons is buffalo traces made mm -hmm. at the same distillery that pappy is yep. so I, i'm doing it just like nick fury i'm having it neat, neat. in a glass mm. uh and there's in my opinion there's not much better than this it's this is the good stuff so cheers sir cheers here's to a good show i'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be back on the other side jesus Jesus, moonshine Jesus, won't you shine? 
everybody, and welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today we're talking about secret invasion. Mm. We're going to geek out for a little while, and then in the next segment, we'll come back and we'll talk about theology and politics. But I thought I've got to open this segment exactly the same way they opened Oh, I love this. I was hoping you Imagine a world where info can't be trusted. Not very hard, is it? Society (laughs) starts to fray. We all do what we can. And we turn to the people we care about. These are the opening lines to Secret Invasion, which is the ninth television series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe produced by Marvel Studios. It follows Nick Fury and Talos as they uncover conspiracy by a group of shape-shifting scrolls to conquer the Earth. Scrolls, of course, having been introduced in Captain Marvel. So I've got a very important question about this, Mark. All right. Uh, You ready? I think I am. <laughs> Did we need to see a series on Nick Fury? <laughs> Did we need Secret uh, Invasion? Uh, uh, we didn't need this series. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we needed a Nick Fury. I, he okay. played such a key role in so many places, mm-hmm. and it's such an interesting character. And in yeah. one of the most popular comic book series in Marvel's history is the Secret mm-hmm. Invasion. And he plays a very key role in that. So yep. I think all of this was very much needed. Uh-huh. Just not sure this was the right execution of it. <laughs> so I agree. What's your what's your reasoning, Mark? I want to hear why wasn't this the perfect execution of Secret Invasion? Disney. <laughs> I mean, there's Period. so much, right? That's pretty much it. I mean, they pulled all the life and and I'm going to talk about this a, a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. There's other parts of it that I, I think that Disney has just, Disney is ruining Marvel. And mm-hmm. I didn't think at first, at first they sent, tended to have hands off and allow the the writers and and, and the, the, the actors who are now on strike, allowed them to, this creative area to, to play with and really be who they are. And I feel like that's not so much the case anymore. I mean, we've got a, again, I'm going to come back to this. We've got yeah. a, mm-hmm a show that's supposed to be this political espionage spy thriller kind of thing. And it walks right up to political issues. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. and here's another one I'll get to in the next segment states some things and then just acts like it was never said and walks away from it. And there's no resolution. (laughs) And I think they even do that with the characters. There's some great acting in this, but there is no character development. I mean, it's just like, we end up at the end of it, and I don't know if you, I, with what the person who has to mm-hmm. now be the most powerful super being in the universe. Right, Gaia. And we barely get to know her throughout the whole show. I mean, first, oh, this is the daughter. And then it's like, oh, well, there she knows some things. And she goes from kind of being in with the scroll to all of a sudden in one episode being completely against them and we don't get to see the character development where that happens like it's just it was just like oh oh okay you're doing that thing now great <laughs> we, we need you to we need you to be on our side so you know <laughs> what that, well, what right. who needs a reason whatever right you know was, yeah, i don't know and i just think family, was, i could go past thing after thing where for me they just under they they had these opportunities and they never actually you know knocked it out of the park or even hit a single as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what did you think was... Yeah. yeah. 
I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, and you know, there, there were a lot of interesting things that happened uh, politically, uh, and that we can, or almost happened politically that I'll, I'll let you, you say, but <laughs> I, I want to follow up on something that you said, Mark. Yeah. That's about Gaia. I, you know, who's got all these incredible superpowers and all the powers, you know, all the powers, right. Cause they collected all the DNA from all the Avengers and now they've, uh, they, you know, she's got those powers. She can do all kinds of shape shifting into these different powers. What, what do you think her role is going to be in the MCU as it moves forward? I, I tell you, I'm, I'm very concerned about that character. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I'm pushing this. That's why yeah, I, I, I want to make sure we get to this. I, I just think that I think it was a bad choice um, in Secret in, Invasion in the comic books. If I'm right, and I only read like one of them, so I and, and it was more than ten years ago. Um, I think it was anyway. I think they only have the powers of the X Men. I mean, of, of uh, yeah, the X Men, not of the X Men, of, of the fan, Fantastic Four or something like that. I don't remember, mm. but it's. Yeah. The real point it's is not all of them. It's not all it's the not Avengers. all of them, right? Yeah. Okay. And so she's all but invincible. Mm-hmm. And so why do you need if you have one character that's all but invincible? Why do you need any of the rest of them? I think that was just mm-hmm. a, a major mistake to do that. Uh, two, if she is invincible, but you realize that from a writing standpoint, you got to get rid of her. Um, how do you kill off the most powerful person with I, that just feels a little bit, you know, uh, off. Um, and, and the only thing I can think of is that this technology, because they have gone very far off from the comic books, from what I understand mm-hmm. of how they're telling this story. The only yeah. thing I can think of is what if this technology that they have that's allowed them to kind of take the DNA, which that's another weird thing, like all the DNAs in one bottle. Like, I didn't think DNA worked that way. But I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm no scientist. Who knows? Uh, yeah, come on, <laughs> but Mark. Maybe, maybe the technology they developed to give them the powers actually isn't as good as it looks and that she'll slowly lose them or something. I think that's about the only way you can save making this really bad decision. I don't know. Did you think it was a good decision? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, they'd set it up. So the only way to defeat Gravik was to have somebody who also had those powers who could defeat mm-hmm. Gravik. I I mean, I, I I kind of feel like maybe they'll have her go off doing something else. You know, she'll be preoccupied yeah. elsewhere in the universe so that she can't be there. But it's also like Amelia Clark. And so they... I, they found like a real actress to right. do this. Who and, did a great uh, job with the role. She did go uh, based on the limitations. Considering of what the they writing. gave. <laughs> we also don't know how much. There's so many really smart uh, pieces of writing that we hear some of the characters say. I uh, I just have to believe that this was all uh, editing and and produce uh, this the studio leaving things on the floor. I just, I, yeah. there were so many times where I, it felt like I, even the final scene of the final mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. where they walk into the giant room with all the bodies splayed out with some kind of yep. tape on them. That seems, it seemed like jarring. It's like, wait a minute, what, what happened? And what, there was yeah, no what explanation. Is Who's yeah, is we didn't get, Who, How right, did you discover this? About it. Did you already right. know about it? Is it work? You're, it just felt, it felt like it deserved some lead up and they just cut it off. 
And I feel like that's a lot of what's 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 going on is that a lot of well, it I like that. Involved. I like you giving the benefit of the doubt to, to <laughs> the writers and the actors and uh, that. It, yeah, just, it's just production. Yeah. But yeah. but regardless, what we way. got, what we yeah. got, uh, I think was not what any of us necessarily wanted. I completely um, so agree. Let me ask you this, though, Mark. Uh, one okay. thing that we haven't seen explored in a lot of detail is how the blip really affected people's personal mm-hmm. lives uh, on, on an intense level. I mean, we got to see some of it, you know, as right. we've seen the MCU sort of. uh, expand. Um, but we, we got to see it, I think, at a deeper level with Nick Fury. We got to find out more about his personal life and we how... Do see how Right, so we find out he's married. We find out he's married mm-hmm. to a scroll. We find out that he left her because of his trauma with the blip. So, let me ask you this: Did that add anything? Was there any <laughs> was there any advantage to to finding out about Nick Fury's trauma? Did it give any context to to, to like what people's lives were like after the blip, or was it just uh, useless uh, <laughs> useless writing? I think it was sloppy writing. It's just basically what I think it was. I think there's a lot of value. Matter of fact, I think the the Marvel Universe has underexplored those five years and what was going on and how people were dealing with it and coping with it. Uh, and, and this one, we get Nick Fury. Well, not really Nick. We, we get Gaia as Nick saying how terrible this was. but the, and, and how he regret like. But the fact is, that was Gaia, not Nick. That's Gaia guessing what Nick may have felt like. When when you saw Nick get snapped, man, he was mad. He was like, well, mother... I mean, he was mad about this. He was not depressed. He wasn't regretting all the stuff she said. Right, it wasn't true. We didn't really get a full breakdown of it. We kind of got left out. I like that we got to see his his family life. I think that that was important because he's mentioned his wife once or twice in Mm -hmm. other uh, spaces. And it seems like she's going to play an important role going forward, Mm -hmm. which is great. She's a great actress. um, And so I'm glad to see that happen. But it also felt like we have this spy espionage kind of show that we're getting ready to do for you. And then about halfway through, it felt like, but we're really going to spend more time just talking about relationships. And I was like, you can't, out, you can't even figure out what you want to do with the show. Oh, we're confused about Yeah. Yeah. It's just confusing. And then I also, just as I'm bringing up issues, yeah, the issue with Gaia having all those powers and then yeah. like trying to counter grab it with it, they set that, like, why did you give it to him? Like, what was... What was the point? Like, yeah, you set it up to make sure that Gaia was in the machine when it happened. But if you wouldn't have given it to him, yeah, you didn't need her to also have all these. Like, it just, that was like immediately a question. Like, good writing would have, or good directing or good editing would have made sure that there was some kind of argument to be made before you handed that over. Because they really never gave a great excuse. You got Gaia saying, well, we'll give you this if you'll leave. And he goes, oh, well, okay, I'll leave. I mean, <laughs> I mean no. yeah, uh, And, you know, and we didn't even need that. Um, you know, right. the, like the story would have held together just fine and been stronger without the DNA of all the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, it 
it didn't really add anything. I mean, we already had scrolls infiltrating every area of of life and all these different areas of power and uh and we didn't need it which leads me to my next question okay it's about scrolls uh infiltrating power so we don't know how long the scrolls have assumed the identity of world leaders and so what i'm curious about is how long you think Rhodey has actually been a scroll. Uh, was was yeah. he a scroll for any of the events in I, I say, so. Endgame? I think so. I think they were very specific doing two things to telegraph to us very clearly when he was taken over. When he wakes up, he's wearing a, uh, a hospital gown and mm-hmm. he cannot yep. walk. Yeah. That's what Rhodey looked like Technically, they didn't show it, but at the they did show him in the gown at the end of the the last Captain America. So I think that we've had the the scroll the scroll ver- version of him for quite a while, and it changes. Like I kind of want to go back and watch some of the movies now to see uh-huh. if it how it changes because um, he he's a different character now, and it makes me wonder what his motivations were and everything. But it had to be that early. I mean, Kent walks is yeah. on a on a on a hospital gown, so that means they took him from that space. And because we pretty quickly saw him in in Stark Tech being able to walk, and he seemed surprised when he woke up that he couldn't walk. So it had to right. be really before any of that happened. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to go back. I, it's also one of the dangers of retconning something like this. I mean, we'll we'll there's going to be stuff we'll, that does not work. Because there's going to be stuff that doesn't work. But I, mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I think that's clearly what they were trying to say, is that yeah. some of the things where we thought it was Rhodey, it really was a scroll. I, you know, I've, I've got a lot of other questions that I want to <laughs> delve into about the geekiness of all of this. But right. I know that we've got to talk about theology and politics, too. And so yeah. maybe we ought to take just a quick little break and then okay. come back and really delve into the theology and politics of all this. to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You've joined us for our Theo Politico segment, uh, where we're going to talk about some theological, political, even philosophical uh, ways of thinking about what happened on the show. And and you've already started guiding us towards some of this. And, and so I want to just go ahead and dive into those parts immediately. So for, like we, like we mentioned, for a political thriller, Secret Invasion doesn't really delve into political issues very deeply. And, and when they, they mention something like racism or discrimination, and that's something we're going to get to even on our, my next question for you, uh, it, it doesn't seem to do anything with it. It just sort of moves on. And uh, I think it's part of why the show really didn't work for so many people, as you and I were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, think about that early on, the first show or two, you got some buzz about the show, and then it all fell yeah. off. And I think that's because they failed to really uh, 
give us some of the things that we expected from it. But one of the things that didn't fall off was this constant conversation and discussion about the uh, the intro, its opening credits, and how Mm -hmm. it was all made with AI-generated graphics. Which I think during this time when, we, when we're on strike and, and part of what the, the writers and actors are worried about is what AI means to their job. I, I, I think it ends up being a pretty good metaphor. And I'm very curious if you agree or not for what <sighs> Secret Invasion and, and honestly too many other Marvel things seem to have become. They are, it's a, it's a, it's a great metaphor because they end up not being so much art as they are sort of this statistically uh, generated simulation of art. Like, I, I feel like a lot of what has happened is that we've got all of these uh, SEO optimizations and all of these, uh-huh. this studio doesn't want to be associated with hard political hitting uh, commentaries and that kind of stuff. And so for the sake of all of that, they, they kind of dumb it down. And it ends up not being what it was when the Marvel Universe started. I feel like it's almost this really nice metaphor of the problems that we're having with Marvel and and what it's lacking. What do you think? Am I clearly reading too much into all of this? Well, I think that's interesting because the credits were one of the most controversial pieces of Secret Invasion, right? Because a lot of people really didn't like the CGI that was... was, And they were upset even that they took jobs away from somebody by having the artificial intelligence do it. Yeah. And so I think, uh, so, okay. AI is one of the biggest issues of, you know, this, uh, this moment. And uh, we're, we're seeing all kinds of both, um, both enthusiasm about AI Mm -hmm. and all kinds of worry about what that's going to mean, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You've probably seen the, the memes of people introducing Sarah Connor, to to the AI and uh, as we see as we see you know uh, Terminator living out so yeah I I think you're right I think it's a a, a good symbol for for what's happening uh, and I you know I think this the actually secret invasion I think where it succeeds is that you know those opening lines that we were talking about at the beginning you know it's a it's a world where information can't be trusted and i think that that's something that we're really learning to live with in Mm -hmm. this decade is knowing that you know some of the things that we see um are not necessarily factual things um and so i think we you know uh, not even just this decade but we saw that with uh say 2016 and 2020 elections uh that we we saw you you know russian uh kind of uh interference with our election cycle in some in some ways and so and misinformation deliberate misinformation and so Mm -hmm. i i think it's also becoming harder to uh discern you know if images we see are actual images or not and so i think that where secret invasion really flourishes is in thinking about that issue as a whole i think where Mm -hmm. it fails is in actually thinking about what that means. I don't think we get think, any yeah. kind of resolution for any of that. That's but I problem. think the general idea is right. I just wish we had actually seen it explored. And I think yeah, if, I if, if it had decided 
uh, it, that that that's what we were going to explore. We weren't going to talk about Nick Fury's personal life, or we weren't going to yeah. talk about all these superpowers, or we weren't going to talk about, uh, you know, the blip. Uh, but we were going to focus on that. I think it would have been a much more powerful show. Yeah, I, th I think the, that opening line that you read does point to that. But it also points to the fact, like, talks about how we turn to the people who are you know, closest to us and that kind of thing. It feels mm -hmm. like this show had all the potential to talk about uh, what a different quote, world it creates when we do things that build mistrust between us and our neighbors. And we've got so much of that going on now. There was such an opportunity to, to dial into that. I mean, they even set it up right at the very beginning and then they do nothing with it. And I, I just right. I found it very disheartening that they couldn't yeah. decide to do more. There were so many important topics that they mentioned. And then, as I said, they just walk kinda. away from them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they kind of mentioned them and then they and walk then away from them. Yeah, on to the next I mean, thing. And, the, and, and I mean, that's the thing, the same thing about everything, right? I mean, the only way you can really explore something is if you actually spend some time going in deep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we try to do in theology all the time, right? Not just skim the surface, but Absolutely. going deep occasionally. Well, well, one of those such lines that, yeah. they, that they deliver that I thought, all right, great, we're going to deal with some stuff now was yep. uh, Nick Fury on the train um, mm -hmm. when he is. Uh, I think talking playing the with, game. Is it, he's playing the game. Tell me something no, I don't know. To, he's he's no. talking to Talos, and Talos is uh -huh. talking about revealing that all these other that there's many more scroll than he thinks. And uh -huh. Fury gets up and gives this giant speech about how he experienced racism and intolerance as a okay. child yeah. on the plant and the train when he had set in separate you know car mm -hmm. uh, parts of the train and all of that kind of stuff. And he tells him says there is not enough room nor tolerance on this planet for another species. So my question is, how do you have Nick Fury give an impassioned speech about racism and then barely even deal with it? I mean. We talk all the time about how sci-fi gives us this ability to tackle difficult issues by putting them at a little bit of a distance from reality. And here you got him setting up this great thing and talking, and we're in a show that's going to be about scrolls and humans and all the racism, obviously, that can come out of that. And we don't really do much outside of at the end, all of a sudden, the president gets really mad and says we're going to kill them all. Yeah, so I didn't like that piece either because it seemed incon inconsistent with what Nick Fury had done because we've seen right. all these flashbacks where he's promised them that he's going to work for them. And I mean, uh, you know, like you just said a few minutes ago, we see him at the very, uh, you know, when he's getting blipped away, you know, Fury, this is, he's getting blipped away. I mean, Nick Fury is not a person who gives up. That is right. not Nick Fury's right. personality. And so I... I I think that it was inconsistent for him to be talking about, you know, racism and how we ought to always have room at the table and then uh, talk about how, you know, these there's, not, uh, room for there's you here. not enough tolerance. <laughs> yeah, that you right. can't be here. I mean, that that wasn't great. I mean, it I, I mean, it was bad. It, not only was it not yeah. great, it, it was bad because what we needed to see, I think, was him strongly advocating for the scrolls and what we ultimately get is kind of a resignation that and eh, maybe they ought to leave and go somewhere yeah. else and Absolutely. um that's i mean it, it's politically problematic it's problematic in terms of the story that we have been expecting from marvel and uh nick yeah. fury's character it's also extremely theologically problematic
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so I want to ask you about another line that he he delivered um, when when um, he was asked about um, why he hasn't worked harder to get uh, yeah. uh, people in the world to be accepting of the scrolls. He says, mm-hmm. uh, because it's easier to save the lives of 8 billion people than to change their hearts and minds. Yeah. I was curious about what what you how that hit you and what your thoughts on that. It's a it's a powerful line and it, it feels is. like it's yeah. feels like it's steeped in truth. Although yeah. what it represents, I'm not sure. Like it's easy it's easier just to make sh- not have you killed yeah. them than it is to get you accepted. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what I thought of that line, although it hit me yeah. as impactful whenever I heard it because that's in the last episode, right? Yeah. And so um, I you know. I, I thought, well, in some ways, that's really true that, you know, like in, in some ways, it is hard to change the way that people think and the way that people feel about things. And Mark, you and I know this because it's what we do every week is like right. we try to get people to think differently about how they see the world, about how they see other people. And mm-hmm. that's hard work. And it's hard work when you're yeah. working with people who you know and you trust people like in your congregation. Mm-hmm. And it's even harder when you're trying to, uh, to work with, you know, the population more generally. It's hard to change people's opinions. And so I, I understood in some respects yeah. that, and, and so in some ways I thought, yeah, that's right. It's, it's easier to try and save people, um, you know, maybe through like say legislation or, uh, or, or through heroic acts in the case of Marvel than it is to try and change their hearts and minds. And another way I think that, well, I mean, we're about the business of changing hearts and minds. And you you know, like that's um, like, if you can't change people's minds, if you can't change people's hearts, I mean, what are, what are we doing? Uh, Because I mean, that's, yeah, Yeah. that's the the whole thing. To me, at first I went, Oh, that's kind of powerful. Then I went, that's kind of fatalism, isn't it? I mean, right. That's kind of, well, we're just going to like, not worry about your life because it, it's too difficult to change people's minds and to, to get them to, to see things a little more clearly and be more uh, inclusive and loving. And, and I just thought that was, yeah. all right, one last quote. And I just okay. want your general, uh, this is a, uh, not quite as hard hitting, but I think it's an important uh, thing that was said and want to get yeah. your take on what it means about relationships. I loved when his wife uh, looks at him and says, did you fall in love with me or the mm-hmm. face that puts you at ease? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, uh, how did that hit you? And what do you think they were trying to say about uh, even marriage or, or close relationships? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was one of the more interesting things that, mm-hmm. that they explored. And uh, yeah. because we did get to see a little bit of depth between him and his wife and we yep. hadn't gotten to meet her before. And so, um, you know, I think it's, I think it was interesting to, to, to think about like, you know, what is it that makes us fall in love with people and uh, how does that change over time? You know, and, uh, and I, I kind of think it was a commentary, not just on like, you know, like, had what if she wasn't a black woman? Would that would he have still loved her in the same right. way? Or I mean, not even human. But I, I think it's also a commentary on what love means over time and mm-hmm. how it is that love changes over time. Because I think that that's 
something that is inherent within all romantic relationships is that, and this is something I tell couples every time I do a wedding ceremony, I said, you are going to change. You are going to grow. If you're not growing and changing, you're not living life the way that you should be. Um, But, you know, as you grow and change, uh, you know, strive to to accept each other for the growth. See that as a blessing, you know? And so I think it was a commentary on that as well as what does it mean as time goes yeah. on to, to love? I, I don't know. Am I reading too much into that? Mark? No, not at all. I, th- I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think it was a real commentary on what real relationships look like. Uh, there's far too many, and I know this from counseling and you do too, I'm sure, far too many relationships who really did kind of fall in love based on how you look and mm-hmm. what what my ideal in my mind person that I should be with is going yeah. to be. And then they don't grow together and they don't have conversations yeah. and they don't. Um, and so I think it was a common, a, a, a bit of a, of a commentary on that as well, trying to say, you know, uh, are you still just in love with this face? Like if it had been the scroll face, would you have had this, con- would we, be in a relationship would be learning about each other and how to live with each other and how to accept each other and promote each other and support each other. Um, I, I thought it was one, actually one of the more beautiful lines. I also thought it pointed to that this would have been a much better show if it had just been about the Furies. <laughs> Not the whole <laughs> secret invasion. Oh, I like movie. that. The yeah. Furies. Isn't that yeah. a good title? The it Furies. is a good title. I think it had been a much better show if we just investigated how uh, their relationship and you know, you bring some scroll stuff in, you bring in his, you know, all the work that they're both doing, because she's uh, some kind of scientist doing really important work. We've seen a book mm-hmm. you know, in a frame that was by her. And she's got, she no- mentions a couple of times she had important work to do. To see them grappling with that within these high stake world, changing things that they're both involved in and see how they have to struggle with their relationship. Yeah. And we get scroll activity. And then maybe at the end, there's a, a hint about that there's more scrolls than we thought. And they're learn. Yeah. They seem to be learning how to to take on some superpowers. I think that'd have been a much better series, personally. <laughs> uh, I'm right. with you, and I mean, who would not uh, like tune in to watch the yeah. Furies? I'm Absolutely. Here for that. Yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I had many more questions, but I think that we uh, we're going to have to respect our audience and the showtime here and uh, right. wrap up this segment. But that does give us the opportunity to come back to our favorite segment, Mm -hmm. the Make Me Look Stupid segment. Welcome back to our final segment, the Make Me Look Stupid segment. Thank you for tuning in today and for sticking with us throughout the show. Uh, So, Mark, often my goal is to try and steal your questions, but I didn't steal any of them today. And I came prepared with five questions just to be safe. (laughs) And 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 if anything, I'm I'm sort of disappointed that you didn't steal them. I know. Because I only... I only get to ask one this and I, and there's some of them that I really think are, they're the good questions. I, I'd like to know the well, answer to. 
Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask you a question first. So you'll have some time like in the back of your head to be thinking about how you can make those questions into one single one question. part <laughs> question. Yeah. Okay. So well, one of the scenes that I thought was interesting was when yeah. Rhodey was firing Nick Fury. Um, mm. And this is before we know that Rhodey is a scroll. Is a scroll. Yeah. And uh, Rhodey and uh, and Nick Fury are talking, and Nick Fury says, "Men like us don't get promoted because of who our daddies know. We've got to stick together." Okay, so I want to know uh, what exactly is this like? Is this making a, a a commentary on on race, and what's that look like? And is any of the power of that, if it's powerful at all, lost when we find out that Rhodey actually isn't a black man, but mm-hmm. an alien posing as one? Yeah. Um, when I saw the scene, I was like, okay, I'm glad they, I mean, with progressive circles, this is stuff we we're talking about all the time. I'm glad they're making it more of like a, a straight center. Here you go. We're going to address this issue that, you know, there's too many other people in the places that we are that got here because of who their daddy is or who they knew or all of that. But we, because of racism, have had to work much harder because of the rate, the historical racism and how it has built up to create all of these obstacles and blocks that we've had to overcome even those before we could even begin to get here. Uh, I love that they have that conversation. The moment, ah, the moment that they played, turn, said Rhodey is a scroll. It sucked all of everything out of that conversation and, in my opinion, made it worse. Because you've got this person here who didn't experience that life talking about it like they had any clue and using it against someone who did experience it. So it doubles down on how bad it was, as far as I'm concerned. What 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 did you come away with? I, I agree 100%. I thought it was a powerful moment while I was watching it. And then it was like a couple of scenes later. I think it was the same mm-hmm. episode where we found out that Rudy was. was actually a scroll. And so it it like made me think about those people who are white and posing as black people. To, or even and, that professor who listed yeah. herself as African-American and, on all of her paperwork oh, and taught... Right. Uh, Taught history, the African American history, <laughs> like Black history. Yeah, was and never ever never, right, right. It has never experienced any of that. Is exploiting no. it in a whole it other is. way and yep. trying to take on that identity. Mm-hmm. And to me, it kind of felt like Marvel was doing that in a way. Not only was Rhodey kind of doing it, yep. but Marvel was kind I, of doing it as if they were had experienced any of this stuff or were trying to com- comment on it in any meaningful way. And then they backed out and it was an alien that was really doing it. Yeah. And uh, I thought it lost a lot of the power. So it hit I agree with all you. wrong ways, all wrong. Yeah. Ways. yeah. All the wrong it, it, ways. It was, yeah. Like I said, I, we've said several times, I think there's just a lot of sloppy writing going on in this show I, or writing that looks sloppy because of the way they decided to edit stuff and what they decided to leave out. Um, I guess the lesson, if that's the case, is to trust your writers more. They know what they're doing and don't cut out too many things because there's setups and there's builds that they have been creating so that there'd be payoffs. Because there's a lot of stuff that feels like a payoff, but we never saw the setup in this in this show. And it's just... Okay. I, so what I'm thinking is, Mark, you need to start a hashtag like 
hashtag no Disney cut or something. Let's see the <laughs> let's let's see the full cut of the <laughs> of the Furies. We want to see the full cut of the Furies. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Man. Okay, so I, I try to yeah. figure out how to combine my que- my two favorite questions, and they just don't combine. So uh, I, I'm, I, okay. I'm so you're gonna ask me both of them. Yeah, I'm gonna. Ask <laughs> I won't do that to you. Uh, okay, one. Uh, here's my question. So Gaia has the powers of all these superheroes, yeah. including Miss uh, uh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, I'm blanking on her name now. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yes, Marvel. I was too. Yeah. There's too many Marvels. <laughs> there are a lot of. And, Mar- it look, and, and it does look <laughs> like in the in the the movie the Marvels is going to be coming yeah. out that. The, all of the, the the folks superpowers that are tied together through this through uh, I can't remember now what it is but it's through light it's a very specific kind of thing yeah. they get entangled mm-hmm. Gaia is now one of them yeah so is Gaia like all of the all Ooh, of the like heroes that we know are getting their powers from the this one source are all entangled now yeah is Gaia going to show I, up in the movie? I like this question because you're going to force me to take a position and we're going to be able to see if I'm right or not. Uh, So I love it. So we can revisit this. I'm going to go with, yes, I think Mm. she's going to be in the Marvels when it comes out. Uh, And I'm going to go further. And I think she's going to lose those powers in the Marvels so so that we can then continue with the MCU and avoid the problems that you did that you articulated (laughs) wonderfully earlier we're gonna see her lose those powers in the Marvels that's what I think what do you think Mark oh I think I think it's another victim of sloppy writing I don't think they thought this through and they didn't realize wait a minute if we're gonna give her Captain Marvel's powers we got a movie coming out where everyone who has their powers based on the same source are all entangled. I think that they completely forgot. We saw too many cutscenes, or not cutscenes. We saw too many scenes in the trailers where the th- was just the three of them standing in a room together trying to sort yep. this out. I don't think there's any way she shows up in it. It's just bad, sloppy writing, and it and and I don't know how they're going to explain it off unless the next time we see or hear about Gaia, we hear that within a day of the end of Secret Invasions, all of her powers wore out. <laughs> let's see i i love this because now we're gonna have to watch the marvels as we already were going to and we're gonna Absolutely. have to hold us accountable to these but uh, eh, eh, who knows who knows I love it. <laughs> we'll see okay so we'll see. this has been fun uh you know it has been even had, even had though even problems. even though it was a disappointment of some sort i know uh in the show there was still a lot of fun moments and we gotta we need to make yeah. sure that we say like uh Olivia Coleman mm-hmm. as as Sonia Falsworth. She was unbelievable. A like real stole highlight. every scene yeah. that she was on the screen. Yeah. And it's not some... easy to steal a scene from, from Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. You are yeah. right. And he <laughs> was right? great. He was also he was. He, he was so I mean, no one else could play the role of Nick Fury. He was so Nick Fury yeah. and he pulled it off perfectly. And she still seemed to pull out when he when they were on screen together, she still kind of drew the attention. She's she was incredible. That's, I want yeah. more of this character. I know that. I want a lot more. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm I'm game. I I agree. I I think it's a highlight, and I I think there certainly were highlights to this show, yeah. and so. Uh, appreciate all you tuning in. So uh, so the Marvels isn't coming out next week, but 
there's right. something else that's coming out oh, yeah. that, that I'm pretty excited about. And I, I think you're more think excited about it than I am, but I'm interested. Okay. I'm very interested. You, and Mark's, uh, I'm excited. Mark's interested. Mark, you yeah. want to tell us what it is that's coming okay. out? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a new movie of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's uh, an animated uh, and it looks like pretty cool animation, actually, from the from the previews that I've seen. And it's uh, I think by the movie's Seth called... Rogen. Right? Yeah, there's there's some yeah. great great character actors in here, some great uh -huh. voices to, to do yeah. it. And uh, I think the movie is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, which is the perfect kind of goofy, silly name for for the, the for for the, the mutant ninja turtles for sure. So it'll be a lot of fun. There's no doubt. I imagine we're going to crack up talking about it. It's oh yeah, I'm I'm excited because okay, so uh, so the Ninja Turtles comic books came out a year before I was born, and oh, wow. the cartoon series came out when I was two years old in 1987, and so and I think the first movie I remember going to see in theaters was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Nice. So I yeah. I'm excited. I've got a deep emotional connection. I've got an investment. <laughs> In the, I in hear the you. Ninja Turtles. I, so, I loved I, the original car, uh, the television series. I watched it. Yeah, I was in high. I was in high school at the time, um, and I watched. <laughs> and Mark it. was also two years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was two years old in high school. Right? <laughs> uh, I was in high school when it came out, and, and it was great. Or in, actually, I think I was. It was eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Yeah. Okay, so I was yeah. in college when it came out. Oh, that hurts. Uh, I just started my first year of college, second year of college. Dang, it's getting worse. <laughs> um, but the, it, there was a brief resurgence of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when my kids were kids. So yeah. I've lived through kind of this energy about it twice. And so yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know that I love them as much as you do, but I do have an appreciation for them deeply. So this should be a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. So next week we'll come back. We'll talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus.